Hi, this is David Sachs, and welcome to Spiritual Tools for an Outrageous World. Every week we do a little couples therapy between us and God. It's a chance to deepen and explore our most important relationship. Okay, I'm glad you're here. We're in the middle of the great holiday of Sukkot, and I just wanted to give you a couple of kavanas, some holy intentions to have while you're shaking the lulav and esrig, and also just to describe what is going on in the universe right now. What happened exactly after Yom Kippur? We know that the word Shana, which means year, is Gematria 355. And our big question was, well, wait a second, there are 365 days in the year. Well, we learned that those extra 10 days, which brings us to a full year, to 365, those are the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Okay, all good, but what about right now? And the truth is that the universe, this year, is still being formed. Okay, so I want to give you a visualization right now. Do you remember when you made ice cubes back in the day and you filled up your ice tray with water and you stuck it in the freezer and then sometimes you'd take it out a little bit too early and you'd see like the edges of the ice were formed but like the inside was still kind of liquidy. It hadn't been frozen all through yet. Well, I think that's a nice visual to describe what's going on right now. After Yom Kippur, there's still some aspects that liquidy center, if you will, that that hasn't been formed yet. And that's going on right now. Now, classically speaking, we talk about the process from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur as tshuva miyira, which means returning to God out of awe slash fear. But now this period during Sukkot is tshuva me'ava, which is returning to God from the standpoint of love. And that's going to fill in the rest of the universe. How does that connect to the sukkah? Well, if you think of the sukkah as sort of a visual of the world itself, you know how a sukkah is kind of skeletal in its form? It's not completely filled in. Well, that's kind of like what the universe looks like right now. And now all the shaking of the lulav and the esrik, how does that work exactly? Well, Kabbalistically speaking, there are 10 spheroes, and Sukkot is seven days. We celebrate it for eight days outside of Israel, but it's, it's seven days in the Torah. Now, the lower seven spheroes kind of have their own identity. It's called the Zion Tachtonim, the seven lower ones, or the seven Midos, and each one of them has a different quality to them. And they represent Chesed, Gevura, Teferet, that means kindness, judgment, beauty, and then it goes to Netzach, Hod, Yesod, which is eternity, glory, foundation, and then the last one is Malchus, kingship. That's the dimension that that we live in, because we have the opportunity to make Hashem king here through the choices that we make. We can reveal His presence here. God fills this dimension but we get to reveal God's presence and oneness through the choices that we make. Okay, so now we shake the lulav and the esrig in six dimensions. But you know, there's a seventh side to a cube, which is the middle of the cube, which is you and me. 
When we shake the lulav on all six sides, well, we're in the center of all that activity. Now, when you shake the lulav, believe it or not, what you're doing is you're bringing that energy back into you. We shake in one direction, and then we bring the lulav and esrig back to our heart. And many have the custom to do it in each direction three times. So we're actually taking the energy from all the different directions, and we're bringing it toward us. Now, each one has a classic Torah personality associated with it. So to go down the list, and I'm going to give it to you in the, the Kabbalistic order right now, the names are Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David, King David. Those are the seven. We represent, interestingly, fascinatingly, King David. Okay, we'll get to that more in a moment. Now, if you count up all the letters in all seven of those names, guess what it adds up to? 27 letters. Now, that's a very interesting number in the context that we're speaking about right now. You know why? Because God created the world out of the energies of the Hebrew letters. Each of the Hebrew letters in the Hebrew alphabet is like a different energy wavelength. And God coalesced all these different divine energies and he created the world. Of course, God exists dimensions beyond the world, but he gathered energies, so to speak, from his outer garment of light. Of course, God doesn't have any physicality, but just took a dimension of his light and he sort of formed it into the physical universe. And of course, we always reference Einstein here because the idea is Einstein says E equals mc squared, meaning that energy becomes mass and light is energy. So God took his divine light and he sculpted it, so to speak, into the universe itself. And he did that with these energy wavelengths, which are the Hebrew letters. And you're bringing all of that energy into you, also to complete yourself. Because when God aspired to create the universe, the end result was not this massive entity called the universe itself. It was the human being. That's why Rosh Hashanah, which is the creation of the world, is celebrated on the day that human beings were created, because that was the goal of creation. And so you take all of this, the 27 letters, which is all the energies of creation, and you're bringing them back inside you. Now, let me just add one more point. There's a special prayer that we read over Sukkot when we take out the Torah, when we open up the Ark, and we say the following words, Let there be fulfilled in us the verse that is written, The Spirit of Hashem will rest upon Him. We're talking about ourselves. The Spirit of wisdom and insight, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of Hashem. Believe it or not, that verse in the Torah is from the prophet Yeshaya. And guess who Yeshaya, Isaiah, is talking about? The Messiah. It's not that each one of us is the Messiah. That's, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, is that, but each one of us has this light and spark of the Redeemer in us, of redemption in us. So in other words, we're taking all the energy of creation itself and we're bringing it toward us in order to complete ourselves, in order to complete this universe, which, remember that visual with the ice cubes, it's still kind of forming and it needs that 
find a love to be filled in in order to be complete, and then we become the representatives of completed beings. Now, of course, this is a lifelong work that we have to put in. It doesn't just, we don't just snap our fingers and we can, you know, we can leap over tall buildings and, and fly. Nonetheless, we imbue ourselves with what we need to be successful moving into the year. It's awesome. 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 Okay, let's go further. Because how do we do it? Because it's a lifetime's worth of work. Now, whenever we talk about the sukkah itself, we always talk about how it represents the vulnerability of life, right? You know, after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, your, your amuna, your faith in God is so high that you can dwell in this like kind of rickety little hut and just say, you know something? I'm in your hands, God. I'm in God's hands. You know, we said in the name of the Ari that when you go into a sukkah, that's, that represents a divine hug. You're being hugged by God. So you feel ultimately your security is not from a bank account, not from the four walls of your house, not from your burger alarms, but, but we're in the hands of God. On the other hand, if, for instance, a lot of people have curtains for their walls, if the curtains are too billowy, meaning to say if the wind can just like blow the curtains, the walls of your sukkah back and forth, believe it or not, the sukkah is not kosher. That, that's really interesting. In other words, within that impermanence that the sukkah represents, there has to be a degree of stability. And that is the balance that the Torah asks us to walk through life with. In other words, we have to take this world very, very seriously. That's like the walls of the sukkah. They, we can't just think of everything as an illusion. That's not Torah. On the other hand, if we believe too much in the fixed aspects of the laws of nature and we don't appreciate that the miraculous exists within and alongside the natural order, then that's not it either. We have to have both. We have to have a sense of permanence and temporariness all at the same time. One of my favorite stories in the book, Holy Brother, and I, I actually met the person who this happened to. He said he was driving in his car right one time, and his son, who was a young boy from the backseat, asked him, is this world real or is it an illusion? And he said, let's call Reb Shlomo, who was alive at the time. So they asked Reb Shlomo, is this world real or is it a dream? And Reb Shlomo said, this world is real in God's dream. So we have to strike that balance where we see the fact that the only thing that exists is God, while at the same time understanding that your property is your property <laughs> and your feelings are your feelings. And I have to be amazingly respectful of both. But at the same time, when it comes to my own dreams, I can't limit myself always to like the most immediate quote-unquote practical thing, but I've got to be able to transcend. And the balancing of all these energies of completeness as I bring them all toward 
me and, and you bring them all toward you because each one of us is the end point of the light that God created the entire world with. God shone a ray of light into this great vacuum that he created within himself. And the end point of that light is you, is me. And when you summon that seventh side of the cube, that David Melech inside of you, and you bring all the energies of completion toward you, and you strive to create that balance of surrender and proactiveness in the perfect balance, and you never stop working, and you never stop trying, and you never stop believing, then we become the endpoint of that light. And when enough of us get it together, that light is the light of redemption. Thanks for listening. We do this every week, so join in again next Sunday for a new podcast where we explore the amazingness of life. And review us and send in any comments or suggestions. I'd love to hear them.